You're listening to the Strong Towns Podcast. Welcome to the Week Ahead podcast with Chuck and Rachel. Chuck, how are you doing? You were traveling a lot last week in South Carolina, Carolina, right? <laughs> yeah. No, I'm doing great. I'm I'm happy to be back. I actually have a few weeks in a row now in the office, which is uh, a rare occurrence. But yeah, it's um it's good to be back. I had a really good week last week. I, I had never been to Charleston before and just completely blown away. I mean, what an uh, what an amazing city. And, yeah, we got to share some of those photos that you posted. Those were uh, amazing. Yeah, and I didn't post all of them. I just, you know, I'm I'm not a photographer, um, but I, gosh, I went around and just, I couldn't stop taking pictures. It was so nice. And actually, our host um, uh, it was is a developer and, and brought us and showed us one of the developments that he had done in the same kind of style. So, in other words, new construction, but in the old Charleston style. And oh, wow. oh, oh my gosh, that was equally gorgeous. So yeah, it was really amazing. I mean, I'm, I'm, uh, been to Savannah and, and Charleston. And I'm getting a real flavor of the Southeast and man, it's, it is so nice. Good. It's nice that you can go all over the place with these strong towns events. It is. I, I, I feel a real flavor for the country. I feel bad that we didn't do an event when we were there. Um, just because, you know, it, it, oh, right. it, it wasn't, secret stuff. yeah, it wasn't on the schedule, but, um, I don't know. It sounds like, uh, it sounds like I'll be back, uh, this summer at, at kind of at the latest and probably wind up, you know, we, we should schedule something because, uh, I think that would be great. I know we have a lot of members in that part of the world and I think it'd be great to, great to do something. Cool. Well, we have, even though you're not traveling, we have several sort of events going on on our website. Um, let's talk about the March Madness competition first. How do you feel about that so far? <laughs> I, I'm just, I, I'm amazed. You know, we do these things at, at Strong Towns and, and we as staff kind of came up with this idea and thought this would be a really great way to talk about all the positive things that we see going on and all the positive places that we see working to become stronger towns. And I had no, if you would have asked me like what the participation would be, I, I would not have guessed anything like the thousands and thousands of people that voted last week. Me and neither. So, yeah. Yeah. So for me, I mean, I'm, I'm, I'm impressed with all the applicants. I mean, I, I thought all 16 had real high upside. Uh, I feel bad that Hayes, just barely did not make it. And even like worse that, uh, Fargo just, uh, just like by a, a, a little kind of hair didn't yeah. make it. Uh, because those that just are, shows you how strong all these places are. No kidding. Th those are two places that I just kind of have like a soft spot for, but mm -hmm. you know, the, the places they were going up against were really solid as well. And so, yeah, this is, this is a ton of fun and I, I have no idea what you're going to be posting uh, over the next two days with the photos, but I, I can't wait. Oh, they're great. I've just been working on them this morning and yeah, they're amazing. Really good variety of, you know, people, natural beauty, built environment. Yeah, it's going to be, it's going to be good. So everyone should make sure to vote. And I well, got to say, I feel pretty good about this contest 
for one reason, which is that I've done a few press interviews with local newspapers that want to cover this story, which is great. But many of them have expressed surprise when I tell them, oh, this is the first time we're doing this. So that makes me feel good that, that we seem like we have our act together, <laughs> that we've uh, done this before, even though we have never done anything like it before. So. Well, you are doing a fantastic job. I, I'm, I'm really excited to interview the final four at the end of the week. I mean, we're going to be doing podcasts with the final four. And yeah, I that'll think, be awesome. Yeah. I think that's just going to be a, a ton of fun. Um, I can't wait to talk to, I can't wait to talk to those teams about their places. It's just exciting. Mm -hmm. So the other thing we have going on this week is a series of Slack chats. Chuck, do you want to talk a little bit about that? Yeah. You know, we, I don't want to belabor it too much, but if you go way back, we used to have this thing called the strong towns network. It was actually like, um, a, a a version of Facebook, but like a, a private Facebook. And, you know, we had about, uh, I want to say like 400, 500 people that were part of that. And, you know, only really a, a few dozen that were very active. Uh, and we had kind of a, a little bit of a community going there. But when we, we made some changes to the website, we actually got rid of that page uh, it was just more than we had the bandwidth to maintain and, and to do well. And you know, there was some disappointment, you know, whenever you make a change. But we we started this new discussion group and hoped that that would kind of be a replacement. And in some ways it was, but not to the extent that we had hoped it would be. In the subsequent time period, we have started using Slack. And for those of you that don't use Slack... How would you describe, I mean, for me, it's a replacement for email. It's like email and chat, like, smashed together. Is that a fair way to say it, Rachel? Yeah. Yeah, it's really not anything mind-blowingly new. It's just a, a well-designed chat forum. So, yeah. yeah, it's been working really well for us internally, as well as we've had a few people as sort of, like, beta testers, I guess, right. who have joined us on there. And it's going well, yeah. Yeah, and I've, I've seen, I mean, from, from my own workflow, I've seen my emails drop by like 20%, um, which has been oh, huge yeah. because I feel like we're all, you know, more in touch and things, you know, everybody knows more what's going on and, and Slack has just been fantastic. We, we started to find out that there's a lot of people in our circle of, of Strong Downs members and supporters that are on Slack. And so, yeah, we started to invite some to be there with us. And we made the decision about a month or so ago that we were going to open it up uh, to to everybody. Um, we've got some members-only channels uh, that are kind of like priority channels and, and such. But for the most part, we've just made it a public Slack. And so this week, we're going to have a series of chats uh, just to invite people in and open it up and kind of expand the conversation that we've had going on there. Uh, this is ultimately going to be a replacement for the discussion forum, which we're in the process of kind of shutting down. Uh, but I'm excited about this because this is a space, you know, unlike the discussion forum, this is a space that I'm in like every day. It's on my phone. Uh, you know, I carry it with me. We're, we're conversing in this space all the time. And so adding our members and others into the same space, I think is going to make for a really fluid conversation, which it, it already has started to do that. So who's, mm -hmm. I know I'm today, uh, Monday, uh, we've got some other people the rest of the week. Who's, who's, who's on board? 
Yeah, let's see. Tomorrow will be two of our writers, Andrew Price in the morning and Johnny Sanfilippo in the afternoon. Um, Wednesday, it'll be Grayson Johnson. Thursday, you're going again. And right. Friday, I'm hosting one in the morning and Matthias Lehrer is hosting one in the afternoon. So hopefully there's enough time slots that you can tune into at least one during your lunch break or something like that. Um, yeah, the whole schedule is posted on our website and we'll post every morning to kind of remind people who's hosting that day. And I've left it pretty open. Um, I told the writers they could, you know, maybe start out with a conversation on the March Madness strongest towns competition thus far. And then, you know, we'll see where the conversation goes or they can take it in whatever direction they want. So yeah, everyone is welcome to join that. And getting into Slack is very simple. It's very easy to use. So don't be intimidated by that. Nice. Yeah, I'm excited. I, I, I think having a whole week of these is a good way to kind of introduce things. Plus, you know, having Johnny and Andrew and Grayson, um, gosh, I, I mean, I, I'd love to chat with them. So <laughs> I will be there um, asking them questions as well. Definitely. Yeah. I found it a really cool way to get to know our members and our contributors a little bit better yeah. throughout the time that we've been using it. Uh, so speaking of members, I'll give a shout out to our newest members who joined last week. Um, and some of them I think probably came because of our strongest town competition. So thank you guys. Uh, we have Jason Gad from Hopkins, Minnesota, Jacob Nelson, also from Hopkins, Minnesota, Tanya Pastillo from Largo, Florida, and Ben Wilker from Williamsburg, Ohio. So welcome, everyone. Thanks for becoming members. Yes, thank you. Welcome. Chuck, um, this week you're going to run a series of posts uh, each morning. Tell me about those. And I know the inspiration was this new economist that you came across, or he's not new, but perhaps new to you, Thomas Sedlicek, right? Yeah. You know, it's, it, it's, I, I've been so critical of economists, but I'm not one. And it's, it's very different than being an engineer and being critical of engineers and saying, look, you know, from the inside of the profession, as someone who's worked and done this, here's the things that I see wrong. And, and I think a, a lot of the people, especially early on, who latched on to the Strong Town's message were very, um, appreciative or enthused to have someone essentially inside the, the, the bubble, right? Speaking in a way that was uh, critical of, of the profession that, that reflected the concerns that they had. Tomas Sedlicek, to me, is that same thing as an economist. You know, I, I've had all these questions about, you know, why are we obsessed with growth? And why is growth like the end all be all? And, you know, what are the trade-offs of debt? And why are, are we using debt to get just marginal increases of growth when there seems to be such a downside from it. And, you know, when, when I've had these conversations on the blog or the podcast or other places, I, I always get this feedback from this group of people. It's like, well, you, you know, you don't understand economics, read a book on macro, you know, come on, Chuck, you know, go read some Krugman. What do you, what do you know? <laughs> and it, it's been so frustrating to me because I, I've done so much work to try to educate myself on this topic, but I, I'm not an economist. And so I'm, I'm taken as like a less serious person, which, okay. Then I run across this Tomas Sedlicek. And, and Tomas Sedlicek is a Czech 
economist. He, uh, after the, the Berlin Wall fell and the, the kind of Eastern Bloc melted away from the Soviet Union, Czechoslovakia became a, a free independent country headed by a guy named Vaclav Havel, who was a playwright. And I, I remember this distinctly because I was in, you know, finishing high school in the early years of college when this transition happened. And I remember Vaclav Havel is this very interesting person because he was not a politician. He was not a general. He was not any of the, you know, typical kind of places where people come from. He was a playwright. And as a playwright, you know, his work was essentially social commentary in a, a, a way where at the time, you know, that was maybe the, the role of the court jester, right? The only person who can speak truth to power is the person who can do it uh, in, in plays or in, you know, a, a non-political medium in a sense. And he brought on his staff a bunch of young economists, including this guy, Vak, uh, including this guy, Tomas Sedlacek. And mm -hmm. they really um, kind of have a very different take on the economics profession, growth development, and one that's very consistent with the questions that I've been raising and the thoughts that I've had. I'll, I'll give you one example, kind of a preview of this Wednesday. Uh, the piece I planning on writing Wednesday on debt. He, he goes into the, the Bible actually. And, you know, he goes way back into history to the Sumerians and, and stuff. But one of the stops he makes is in the Hebrew Bible and the story of, uh, Pharaoh and, uh, Joseph and how Pharaoh has this dream of seven year, seven, uh, you know, fat cows. And then out of the water comes seven, uh, lean cows. And, and Joseph interprets this as essentially the first like macroeconomic forecast. You're going to have seven years of, of surplus and seven years of, 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 you know, not having enough. And so what you need to do mm -hmm. is don't consume everything in those seven good years, uh, save some, put it aside. And then when you get to the lean years, uh, you'll do okay. You know, you'll have enough to, to make it by. And essentially, that is, in a modern sense, Keynesian economics. Um, you know, you when you're running surpluses, you put money aside so that when you're having hard times, you are able to spend those surpluses. The problem is, mm -hmm. is that we've, as an economy, like switched that around and said, you know, we're going to run deficits in the good times so that we can grow more. And then in the bad times, we're going to run really huge deficits so that we can get our growth back. And Sedlicek describes this as a manic depressive state, you know, where you're, you're always trying to grow more and grow more and grow more when we actually should have an economy that can withstand long periods of, of no growth. So mm -hmm. yeah, I'm trying to, I, I think the difficult thing about him, not only that he writes in Czech and so you're reading, a, a, you know, and in, a transcribed version, right? So that like the English grammar is not always great and the sentences are, mm -hmm. sentence structure is sometimes hard to follow. But the thing that's difficult about him is that he almost accepts in like a Johnny Sanfilippo kind of way, right? He accepts <laughs> the fact that like this system right now does not work and we're headed for like a big reset, you know? He, he, yeah. he said, and I quoted in the blog today, you know, Greece... um is looked at as this basket case, like, what do we do with Greece? And he said, Greece is just ahead of everybody else. They just got to the destination sooner, you know, kind of the same way I've described Detroit. You know, Detroit is not, 
this terrible place full of, you know, dumb people. It's just the place that got to the logical destination the quickest. Um, right. So, you know, yeah. in that same vein, like what, you know, the, the question always is, what do you do? And when you're in an economy where growth, you have to have a certain amount of manic growth in order to keep everything going. Uh, he essentially opts out of that and says, look, we can't keep this going. We're going to have to deal with that fact. And here's how we actually do something different when we get to the point where we can no longer, you know, we all agree that we can no longer sustain this growth. So I, I'm, I'm excited to go through it because I think there's a lot of lessons for us at Strong Towns. Mm -hmm. And the guy's just brilliant. I mean, he really, I think in a way where people on the left could listen to him and say, wow, I really find this fascinating and, and it rings true. And I think people on the right could listen to it and say the same exact thing. And, and to me, that is a, a very deep thinker. That reminds me of, uh, I, I was kind of overhearing a Twitter conversation this weekend between uh, there's somebody called the suburbanist on Twitter. I don't even know why I follow this person, but anyways, he was talking about like, well, you know, if you guys, you guys, meaning people like us are forecasting that all these suburbs are just going to like crumble and decline and be in so much debt. Like why aren't there more suburbs that are in that situation? And I mean, obviously there are, if you read Daniel Harridge's post during our housing week, like there are some suburbs that are, you know, being abandoned and like in complete utter decline, but he is, this tweeter is right that there are plenty that are still coasting along and haven't yet encountered that decline, but that doesn't mean it's not coming and that we shouldn't prepare for it now just because it's not like doom and gloom yet. Well, and when you look at the, the Ponzi scheme aspect of this, I mean, suburban development experiences three distinct phases. The first phase is the, the manic growth phase. I'll use Sedlicek's word. Uh, the second phase mm -hmm. is the hanging on phase where you use debt and other means to kind of prop up a system that is financially not viable. And then the third is the kind of collapse phase or the, 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 the steady decline phase. So where are these? I mean, the, just statistically, we have more in the first two phases than we have in the mm -hmm. third. But you can go back to any suburb from the 1960s, and a, a huge percentage of them are in that third phase. Ferguson, Missouri, being like a, you know, a case study, uh, a very high-profile one of a place that you know, was the suburb to be back in the day, uh, and now, you know, is obviously fallen on very, very difficult times. Uh, you know, Daniel's, Daniel's post was full of ones that had essentially failed early, failed today. Mm -hmm. But the ones where you see this now, this phenomena, is, are those ones that were the early 1950s and 1960s suburbs that everybody is now walking away from. And, you know, so, yeah, I, I saw that tweet too, actually. I think I got roped into it somehow. And I didn't feel like it was worth my time to try to explain that in 140 characters, especially as someone who was rather antagonistic. But, I mean, right. essentially, give it time, you know, because like Sedlicek is, is pointing out in his piece, you know, a, a lot of the suburbs are still in either the manic phase or the, uh, you know, attempt to and he describes debt as a drug, you know, to use the, the drug of debt to get their manic phase back. 
And neither of those are, are viable long-term places to be. Hmm. So we usually talk a little bit about what's on your reading list. Is that the main thing that you've been reading a particular book by Sedlicek or a couple books? Um, he's got one book and yeah, I'm still reading it. It, it is, uh, it is huge. And okay. you know, as I, he's split it into two parts and the first half is all like history. And I, I finished that on vacation. The, the second part is something he calls heretical thoughts, <laughs> which mm-hmm. as soon as I saw the book, I'm like, oh, I just want to skip to the heretical thoughts. <laughs> this is a book for Chuck Marone. Exactly. <laughs> I'm like, thank you. I just love heretical thoughts. Um, and I'm about, I'm about halfway through that. And I tell you, every, you know, my, I, I'm reading it on the Kindle where you can highlight things and then they'll show up, uh, you know, on, on my Kindle. Oh, yeah. I, I just, I went through them yesterday and I mean, it took me, it took me half an hour to read all my highlights. Um, mm. such a good book, but I also, um, on an audio book, uh, Josh McCarty with urban three, who I was hanging out with last week, it, it's been on my case for a while to read the hitchhiker's guide to the galaxy. Oh, what a great book. Okay. Well, I, I just book. started it and, uh, I listened to it a, a little bit over the weekend as I was doing a couple things I had. I had dance dad this weekend. So I was, um, both of my girls wow. are in dance. Yeah. So I spent, I got back from South Carolina, picked them up from school, went to dance spent all Friday night and pretty much all day Saturday, uh, at a dance show watching, you know, nine year olds to 11 year olds and, you know, around there, uh, perform. And yeah, mm-hmm. so I, I brought my Kindle, but not the audio book. And uh, my wife was a little upset with me about reading the Kindle, but hey, you know. Well, you're only obligated to watch when your kids are performing, right? Um, that's kind of was my argument. That didn't, um, that didn't go over totally. But yeah, I mean, okay. you're, you're, you and I are on the same page with that one. <laughs> so, so do you like Hitchhiker's Guide so far, or you're not far enough in to um, make a judgment? Okay. Well, I, yes, I like it so far. It's entertaining. Um, I'm having, I I am having fun with it. I I'm, I have to say, I'm not a huge fiction person and this one's kind of a crazy fiction. Um, it is. And I, I, I get the, you know, I mean like any really good fiction, um, you know, it's a, it's a statement on reality, right? Uh, so, right. you know, I'm, I'm getting that and I'm appreciating it, but yeah, I'm, I'm not too far into it yet. So I'm going to give it a little bit more time and see if I grow even more enthusiastic. That's one of those books that I read as a, I don't know, probably like a 12 or 13 year old and then like read it again as an adult and you see a whole new side to it. So that's a good <laughs> it one. It might make more sense. Uh, I, I think with a 12 and 13 year old mind, maybe I would be able to embrace uh, some of the, just the, uh, ra- the whimsy, yeah, the, the, the random whimsical craziness a, a little bit more, but yeah. Yeah. Well, I think that wraps us up for today. Um, just a reminder for everyone to tune in, uh, and participate in the March madness voting as well as the Slack chats. And, oh, we have another interactive thing this week, which is you mentioned Josh McCarty. So Josh McCarty at urban three is hosting a webinar or a web broadcast. Is that what we're calling them? Yeah. Web broadcast. Uh, yeah, that'll be on Thursday. Um, I'm not sure the exact time, but it's on our website 
And if you're a member, you should have received an invite in your email. And I'm sure Jason will send a reminder email as well. Um, so that should be really cool. Josh is going to talk about um, those amazing maps that the Urban 3 people create and how you might think about creating one for your town. Um, yeah. Potentially. And they do. Yeah, I mean, so. the Urban 3, they just do amazing work. And I mean, I... I yeah. Yeah, and the thing about, I mean, last week in South Carolina, we were kind of digging into this problem, uh, Josh and Joe and I, and it's so much fun to sit there and kind of freestyle with these guys, you know, from a, from like a brain download standpoint and just, we had the post-it notes and the big, you know, whiteboards we're drawing on and, and basically, uh, what about this and what about that? And then, you know, you go work for half an hour, 45 minutes and then come back and say, here's what I found. And, these guys are, it's, it's, it's interesting because some of the work that they're doing um, is very replicable, you know, like, uh, and I think Josh will share that. And a lot of people will just say, wow, that's, you know, that's easy and replicable. And I, I get that. But I mean, the value that these guys provide is in their genius. I mean, really they are, they're, they're every single time I work with them, they go a little bit deeper uh, and gosh, it just, you know, so much fun. So much fun to be around. Well, I'll, I will be able to talk about this project soon. So we'll have a... The South Carolina yeah, project? Yeah. I, w- we've got to do a couple more things, but it, it will be kind of like Lafayette. I think it will be one of those things where we're going to show people some things that they intuitively maybe suspect, uh, but we're going to be able to show them in like, mm-hmm. you know, 3D, hypercolor, um, you know, very like real uh, in, in a very real, like, uh, compelling way. So yeah, it's going to be fun. Great. Well, we'll look forward to that in the future. All right. Thanks everyone. Have a great week. Take care. We need your help. If you think the Strong Town's message is important, don't keep it to yourself. Pass it on. You can get more information and sign up to be a member of Strong Towns at strongtowns.org. They know that America's one big pothole right now. Bill, 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 Bill. That's the story. Chuck Marone, this has been fascinating. I like you. I like your vision of the of the world. The United Nations Earth Summit Agenda 21. Yeah.